pretty rampant. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Rampant Rundown, a socio-political podcast hosted by your current reigning best political queen in Glasgow. Yes, it's me, it's Lady Rampant. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned into our episode last week with a wee introduction to Scottish elections with Tom and I. I actually made a mistake in last week's episode and said that Westminster elections are every four years, but they're actually every five, so don't worry, we've fixed it now. As you can tell, the Fixed Term Parliaments Act is no my pal. But anyways, don't forget, you can catch a new episode of The Rampant Rundown every Wednesday evening at 5pm on all good places that podcasts are found. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, you name it. Now, just a reminder, this time round on The Rampant Rundown for Season 2, we are having a Scottish election special. So what we are going to be doing is we are going to be speaking to affiliates from each political party in Scotland to find out what they can promise the LGBTQ plus community in the upcoming elections. I guess the goal of the podcast this time round is to consolidate information, facts and figures and uh, just speak to some people from the parties themselves to find out what they are offering the community here in Scotland. Now, it is no surprise that I am an SNP member who is pro-independence and pro-EU, but I'm going to try my absolute very best to be as impartial as I can and as fair as I can when speaking to the guests each week. We'll see how that goes, but I'm absolutely going to try my best. Anyways, this week we are going to be speaking to an affiliate from the Liberal Democrats to find out exactly what they can offer the LGBTQ plus community here in Scotland. But uh, before we do, I thought what I would do is just give some, some general facts, if you like, about the Lib Dems here in Scotland and what they were promising in their 2016 manifesto to see how we're going to be moving forward into the 2021 elections. So then, Lib Dems. 2011, uh, which was two elections ago now, they gained five MSPs in Parliament, which was actually the same as well in 2016. In 2016, they had four constituency MSPs and one regional MSP, topped up to five. As you'll remember, I said last week about the additional member system, the Lib Dems actually gained one MSP through that, uh, through the regional vote. So what that did was that placed them as actually the smallest party in Holyrood, I must say. They went into fifth place as the Greens overtook the Lib Dems in 2016, putting the Greens into fourth place. Now, the leader of the Lib Dem party is Willie Rennie, and he has been the leader of the party for as long as I can remember. I don't really know when he joined the Lib Dems, I must say, but for as long as I can remember, Willie Rennie's been the face of the Lib Dems here in Scotland. And Willie Rennie, he is an MSP for the North East Fife region and it's his intention as well to be the leader of the Lib Dems going forward in the, the 2021 elections as well. Now at the time of recording this episode, the Lib Dems have not yet published their 2021 election manifesto. So we're just going to have a glance back at 2016 and of course hope that our guests can provide some light on that going forward. But I guess that's the beauty of politics. I mean, you can say it's the beauty if you like, but it's maybe the curse that politics 
is forever changing. So even if you do something or say something one day, it may be completely different the next day. And some of this information might change when the, the Lib Dems election manifesto comes out. Like I said, that's the beauty of politics. When I've been making like political mixes and stuff, particularly around the Brexit time actually, I would make a mix or put in a soundbite or some information and I'd be all set to perform it and then the next day the information would change and I would think, oh for God's sake. But um, I guess that's the thing about politics. It's hard to keep up to date sometimes, but we're going to try and do that through the podcast, of course. Um, and like I said, 2016, the Liberal Democrats and their manifesto they, some things that jump out to me were they were pro-EU membership. They wanted to remain members of the EU um, and they were actually anti-Scottish independence. So the Lib Dems believed that Scotland would be stronger within the UK. Uh, also in the, the 2016 election manifesto, the Liberal Democrats were advocating for things like police reform, drug reform, safeguarding human rights. And as well, there was a, a big focus on education in the 2016 manifesto. So it'll be really interesting to see in the 2021 election manifesto if anything has changed, if they are still sticking with these commitments if they were to get into government. And of course, uh, any additional protections and promises for the LGBTQ plus community. In the 2016 manifesto, I must say, there were several commitments that were made by the Lib Dems for the LGBTQ plus community, which were sort of peppered throughout the, the manifesto. The manifesto is online, so if you want to go and check back at it and have a wee look just for <laughs> for your own sake, then please do. But what they did was they promised they surpromised <laughs> they promised extra support in every classroom. Um including a new initiative to tackle homophobic bullying in schools. And their focus on education as well and part of their restoring liberties campaign they they wanted to provide support for effective training of school staff to support young LGBTQ plus people in schools, whether that was in relation to sexual health, parenthood, relationships on education, and of indeed just LGBTQ plus education in general. I should also note that in their previous manifesto, they were against conversion therapy in Scotland. They wanted to work again with schools and teachers to tackle homophobic, biphobic, and transphobic bullying. And they did want to make some reforms to the Gender Recognition Act to bring it in line with good international practice. As part of sustainable, a sustainable society in Scotland, the Lib Dems believed that LGBTQ plus equality was indeed at the heart of sustainable development. Uh, so as you can see, they did mention LGBTQ plus people a little bit throughout their campaign. Uh, the Liberal Democrats, they are a Liberal Party, so you would expect them to support the LGBTQ plus community. But I think that that is a good place now to stop and speak to our very special guest of this week to find out what the Lib Dems would do differently in government and to see what additional protections they can offer the LGBTQ plus community in the coming elections. So my guest of this week is a politics student at the University of Glasgow who I've been told is also a very proficient debater. He is a young Scottish Lib Dems member and he knows his stuff about the party. It's Duncan Henderson. Woo! <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today, Duncan. How are Hello. you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're very welcome. We're happy to have you here, Duncan. Um, and I think we were just saying as well, like you're still a, a student at the University of Glasgow. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in my third year of a politics degree, coming towards the end of that year now, obviously. It's been fun. <laughs> 
oh, I miss my days at Glasgow as well. And I think we were just saying, I also miss the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> I would go back to Glasgow yeah. just for the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> when I graduate, they're, what, they're probably what I'll miss most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the university, not the education, just the chocolate chip cookies, of course. So anyway, like I was saying, Duncan, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm pleased to have you with us. And just a general question then that I want to sort of ask every, every guest at the, the beginning of this series is um, what do you think that the Lib Dems could do differently in government right now than what the SNP is currently doing? Yeah, I mean, it's probably not a surprise that I'm a Lib Dem member. I have different views on what the government should be doing. And in, in my view, there's a lot of different things that we, we would do if, if we won the election. Uh, I think kind of one of the biggest things that um, certainly I'm passionate about and the party is passionate about is really putting a really strong focus on education. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's something that kind of has such an important role in kind of determining how are, um, how kind of people grow up, what what jobs they get, what skills they have. I think it's something that you know, unfortunately, there's seen a bit of decline in the international scores on it quite recently. And I think it's something that um, everyone in the election, it's definitely going to be sort of one of the top priorities, and definitely something that would be focused on quite a lot. Yeah, and I know actually the SNP and their education. Um, policies and of course they, they're sort of like handling of exam results recently and things like that they've been heavily criticized um, one of my best friends who is a, mm -hmm. as a secondary school English teacher has has left the SNP because of their their education policy so I know that it's something that people have a lot of uh, a lot of jip with with the SNP is, is their education and and do you think that the Lib Dems would do things much differently then to the SNP to what they're currently doing? Yeah I mean I, I like to think so Um, I, I think that you know we, we were warning kind of throughout the sort of summer break we, we mentioned the um, exam results fiasco and the algorithm that was used there we were warning about that that it was going to lead to an unfair outcome yeah. Um, and obviously that's what happened and you know it was through the pressure of our MSPs that uh, along with the other parties that ultimately sort of forced the U-turn on that and uh, I'm very glad that the Minister students have got the grades they deserved but they yeah. shouldn't have been in that position anyway. Um, mm -hmm. I think that our manifesto will be coming out um, over the next few weeks and um, I think that you know we want to kind of really really ensure that we do build back better from Covid in a lot of ways and that starts with you know helping the, these kids who've had so much disruption get back to kind of a sense of normality as soon as possible yeah. and helping them to kind of um, overcome any hurdles we have, helping them to um, surpass the attainment gap. The attainment gap is something that we focused on a lot when we were in government in England, we passed the pupil premium mm -hmm. and that ensured that we could, you know, actually give extra money to schools with deprived students, helping mm -hmm. them sort of get the experiences that kids at Eton and places like that can have because money is ultimately the great divider still yeah but moving on then i think critics of the lib dems would probably say that willie willie rennie the leader of the the lib dems in scotland is no better than boris johnson given that they would both deny people of scotland the right to choose their own future in a post-pandemic independence referendum what would your response to those critics be? I mean, it's something I hear a lot. It's probably it's something I don't agree with, uh, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, I think kind of one of the kind of key things to, to realise is that referendums on these things take up a huge amount of time. Um, they divert all, all of the government's attention to that one topic. Uh, and ultimately, 
ultimately they are sort of quite divisive. You turn people into yes and and I, I think that you know there's better things to be spending that time on. Uh, I spoke earlier about education. We can, we can focus on the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. We can focus on so many other things. And I, I just sort of don't think the best use of the next five years of the Scottish government's term is to have another independence referendum. I, I know we've said sort of post-pandemic, but even once you know we've got a kind of grip on this virus, the long-lasting impacts of it are going to be pretty severe mm-hmm. um and i think that it's a perfectly legitimate position to go into a referend- uh, an election campaign and say no we, we don't agree with that i think that we if we were like to be would focus on something else mm-hmm. right okay i see and i know that in the in the 2016 election manifesto the lib dems were uh pro-UK and sort of like anti-independence movement. And I know we don't have the, the manifesto yet for, for the 2021 elections, but is that still going to be the case? Is it still going to be very anti-independence and pro-member of the UK? Pretty much. I think one of the lessons we, we want people to learn from the Brexit fiasco, it was a complete disaster, it is a disaster, is that, you know, breaking up unions is hard. And I think that sort of one of the core values of the Lib is working closely with our neighbours, our communities, our international partners. And yeah, so Lib Dems, we still support Scotland remaining in the UK. We still support a very close relationship between the UK and the European Union. And we still support the UK having a having a role on the world stage. Yeah, uh, because of course the Lib Dems are very pro-EU as well. I know that they were advocating to, to remain a, a continued membership of the European Union, sorry. And uh, I think that that position hasn't changed. I think they would still prefer to be, to be members of the EU, but obviously now we're just working partners with with the EU. Um, But you mentioned obviously the Lib Dems are a party about working Mm. together and working closely with our neighbours and I guess the different communities that sort of make up society and one of the I mean the main reason for for our podcast is to find out what the Lib Dems can do for the LGBTQ plus community right now and in the upcoming elections and everything that we've got going on. So my next question is then, what are the Lib Dems going to be promising the LGBTQ plus community in the, in the upcoming elections? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of equality, inclusivity, and just letting people be the truest version of themselves possible is one of the core values of the Liberal Democrats. It's one of the reasons I joined the party. It's one of the reasons that I know so many other people in the party support it and vote for it and campaign for it. Um, I think that, you know, in the past, we've done a lot on LGBTQ plus rights. Um, we've sort of, we, in government in England, we, in England Wales, we also sort of push through gay marriage. Um, we've been strong supporters of sort of inclusive education and um, proposals such as self ID for trans people, which I think are so important. And while I think the manifesto is now yet, so I can't sort of comment on the sort of specifics of um, specific policy areas. Um, I think that you know one of the big things we'll do is we'll build on this record, build on these core values of the party, and crucially. I think we, we accept that you know we perhaps don't do everything, but we're going to listen to LGBTQ plus organisations, organisations for gay people, trans people, non-binary people, and um, everything. Kind of you know learn what the sort of struggles are, and then if if we win the election, um, use our use our power to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, the Lib Dems have previously supported and worked with the Thai campaign in Scotland, the Time for Inclusive Education. In Scotland and of course now we have mm-hmm. that, that's in the motion and it's in the process of being sort of implemented right now at the help uh, with 
the Thai campaign and indeed other stakeholders mm -hmm. in Scotland. So is that something that the Lib Dems would continue to support would be LGBTQ plus inclusive education in schools? Absolutely. Um, I think it's something that Willie Rennie sort of came out and backed, something that Alex Cole Hamilton, another one of our MSPs in Edinburgh, uh, sort of came out and backed quite publicly. And I, I, I'm very glad that you know, it is now kind of in the world being implemented. It's something that Lib Dems continue to support and it's something that I think we'll always continue to support. Whatever happens in the election, I, I hope that it sort of continues to be sort of pushed forward because the Thai campaign have done pretty good work. Oh my God, they've done amazing work. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. And I know that, of course, having a look at the, the 2016 election manifesto, it was specifically mentioned in the Lib Dems manifesto that they would uh, support effective training of school staff to support other LGBTQ plus uh, people in school, whether that be sexual mm -hmm. health, parenthood, relationships. So I know that they had that commitment in 2016. So uh, hopefully, of course, we, we would see that in the, in the manifesto this time in 2021. But going on then, in the 2016 uh, election manifesto, the Lib Dems said that uh, they would reform the Gender Recognition Act to bring it in line with international good practice. So from your knowledge then, has that position changed? And what what is the, the Lib Dems' current position on, on gender recognition reform? Yeah, um, good question. It's unfortunately a hot button, hot button topic in Scottish politics these days, for some unknown reason. Um, certainly the position of the Lib Dems, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't changed. I think we still support um, reforming the Gender Recognition Act, kind of, you know, look, look abroad and kind of see, you know, what's working in all these other countries. Um, what can we incorporate in Scotland to sort of make the experience of trans people, non-binary people, um, a lot easier than it currently is? Um, so I think sort of in terms of specifics, I earlier I mentioned sort of self ID components of that would need to be sort of some form of self ID to ensure that the sort of process of um, getting all these documents, passports, driving licenses, forms of ID, um, change to kind of reflect um, your, your authentic selves. Uh, I think that's that's going to be sort of a big part of that. Formal recognition of non-binary people, I think would be another big part of that. And I think that's something that I really look forward to seeing the sort of Lib Dems do um, in the next parliament. And I know obviously this is not the, the fault of the Lib Dems, but in England last year, the Conservative government abandoned plans for self-identification mm -hmm. against the advice of other stakeholders and trans people and trans support groups. Um, and instead in England of introducing self-identification, have decided to invest in more gender uh, gender identity clinics, which we know that the waiting times for are absolutely horrendous um, mm -hmm. and are really bad. So do you think that there's a, a an opportunity then um, to sort of diverge an approach from England and Scotland and take a much more take a much more liberal stance that would truly reflect trans people's lives, either through self-identification and and just other support systems in place for, for trans people. Absolutely, I think kind of, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to sit here and defend the Conservative government, that's uh -huh. that, that's not my policy. <laughs> um, I, I think that policy is, is wrong, frankly. And I think that one of the key benefits of devolution is the fact that, you know, we can say, no, that approach is wrong. And um, people in Scotland think this approach is wrong. And what we are going to do with the devolved powers that we have is to, um, is to sort of pass a, better version, an updated version of the Gender Recognition Act that adds these key components of what I'm talking about. And I, I think there's sort of something almost insidious about kind of what the Conservative government have said there about, we don't need self-ID, we'll just sort of 
have more gender identity clinics, which great, let's deal with the waiting times there. But I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think you can help people through the NHS and you can also help people in the meantime. That They're not exclusive things and I'm not going to defend that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then speaking there, whilst we're on the topic of the, the trans community, what additional protections do you think that the Liberal Democrat Liberal Democrats could could offer the, the trans community here in Scotland? Um, yeah, so I think that obviously self-ID would be a big one. Um, yeah. I think that better NHS services, I know, I know that from, some, from so many of my trans friends who are sort of trying to go through the process um, at various stages or who have tried and just given up because it's, it's sort of too bureaucratic, the waiting times are too long. Um, I think that there's a huge, huge, huge there in sort of NHS provision, I think that one of the key things that we'd like to look at in the next parliament is how do we reduce these waiting times? How do we ensure that, you know, um, if you've decided you want, uh, if you've decided that you, you need to go to a gender recognition, uh, gender identity clinic, um, how do we kind of make that process as fast as possible from like initially kind of talking to your GP or talking to a, a healthcare provider about it to kind of being fully in that process. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that funding definitely plays a big part in. And I think that's something that, you know, we can just, as a government, we could just invest more money in and ensure that there was provision across Scotland, not just in the central belt as well. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think also just to, to pick up on your point that you said that self-ID and uh, attending a gender identity clinic are not mutually exclusive. Um, and I think in Scotland, I think we only have four gender identity clinics, Glasgow and Edinburgh. And I, I want to say Aberdeen, I'm not entirely sure of the exact location, sorry, but I think to the best of my knowledge, there are only four. So I guess then additional money and funding for more gender identity clinics or more trained mm. specialist staff. Um, it's definitely one thing I think that we could all improve on in Scotland across every single party. I think that that is... Um, something that each party should really be promising to, to invest in trans healthcare because it, it's so important and um, especially, for, especially for the LGBTQ plus community like there's so much work to be done for the trans community within the, the LGBTQ plus community and I think that's where we should really now in politics across all parties for the LGBTQ plus community be, be focusing our efforts. Um, but now just to, to zoom out a bit then from the, the, the trans community and mm -hmm. have a look at the, the LGBTQ plus community as a whole. Um, I was doing some digging before our episode today, as I like to do, and I had a look on the, the Scottish Liberal Democrats website and their, their ongoing campaigns right now. And what I noticed was that none of the, the Lib Dems LGBTQ plus campaigns relate specifically to the LGBTQ plus community. Um, of course, the LGBTQ plus community is not a, a single issue. We we exist across every sort of aspect of society and, and therefore would mm -hmm. probably factor into every campaign in some sort. So I guess my question is, though, are there any sort of current or any upcoming LGBTQ plus initiatives and campaigns that you think the Liberal Democrats are taking part in right now? or that they potentially could be taking part in if they're elected into the next parliamentary session? Yeah, um, I think that sort of section of our website, um, it's almost, I don't want to say misleading, but it kind of, it can give a bit of a narrow vision of sort of what we do, because a lot of the time those are very sort of short term, this issue springs up, we need to kind of put a petition out about that and tackle it. I think one of them is about 
sort of uh, the crisis of gin halls uh, at Murano and places like that right now. So, whereas I think a lot of the um, challenges faced by the LGBTQ plus community are unfortunately a little bit more longer lasting and a little bit less kind of a, a sort of sudden pop up issue. And I think that just because they're not listed there on that sort of short term campaigns list doesn't mean that they're not at the heart of the party, not at all. Um, I think, you know, previously we've spoken about how we've worked with the Thai campaign, how we sort of push through gay marriage, our plans for GRA reform. Uh, I know that Lib Dems uh, locally are, are usually kind of quite involved with local pride organisations and go on these marches, which, yes, is a small part of it, but it's a sort of symbol of our commitment to the community. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm perhaps not high enough up in the party to kind of know about future plans, but <laughs> at the election time, th there's usually all sorts of organisations that go around candidates asking, will you sign this pledge and will you sign that pledge? And certainly from what I've seen, um, whenever our candidates are sort of presented with a pledge um, about, about LGBT plus rights, they tend to back it. I think there's one going around about um, con conversion therapy at the minute, and I think that mm -hmm. A lot of our candidates have have sort of signed that and said, no, we're going to outlaw conversion therapy because it has no place. Um, and I think, again, one of the key things we'll listen to is, you know, if LGBTQ plus people come to us, either from within the sort of party or from outside the party and say, look, this is an issue. And um, what can you do about it? I think it's something that we would instantly look at and go, OK, what can we do? We're not sort of going to brush it off um, because it's something that, as I said at the start, it is at the heart of this party. Yeah. Thank you. And I think, of course, um, these are sort of uh, my question was surrounding ongoing campaigns. But I should also say as well that I know that the Lib Dems have uh, indeed committed to this in their past mm -hmm. election manifesto in 2016, where um, as part of their Restoring Liberties uh, section, that they would con condemn any form of gay cure conversion therapy, basically, in Scotland. So absolutely. I guess, yeah, I guess pick up on your point there that maybe what you're saying is there's maybe it's not just a sort of pop-up campaign, but these are sort of ongoing commitments with the with mm. the Democrat Party. Would you agree with that? Yeah, pretty much. I think that the sort of stuff on the website it is kind of an, an issue has sprung up that wasn't there six months ago, right? The party sort of step into action and focus on this. Whereas unfortunately, crap like conversion therapy has been going on for much longer than, than that, much longer than the party's existed. Um, and I think that it's it's still kind of at the core of the party. It's something we're going to work on. Um, it's just not a sort of spring up, pop up, get get results, step back campaign. It's much more a sort of enduring commitment. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Duncan, for your time today. I think you've been an excellent representative of the, the Lib Dem. Uh, of course, I'm asking you some difficult questions and you're not a politician. That's you're, fine. you're not a, an MSP yet, who knows? Um, but I think that you've really provided some really great answers there. And I think our listeners at home will absolutely have a better insight into what the, the Lib Dems are doing for the LGBTQ plus community and uh, maybe some things that we're going to see in the future. So thank you very much for joining us today. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. So unfortunately, now that brings us to the close of this week's episode, which was centred around the Lib Dems to find out what they can offer the LGBTQ plus community in the coming elections. I want to say thank you very much to Duncan Henderson for joining me this week. It was lovely speaking to him and indeed getting his in insight into the, the Lib Dems party. I must say, I don't actually know many Lib Dems myself, so I was really curious to see what Duncan had to say, and I'm very glad that we had him on. 
I also want to say thank you very much to you at home for tuning in and for listening. I hope we've been able to provide some more information this week on what the Lib Dems are doing right now in Scotland and indeed what they can do in the coming elections. If you've enjoyed the podcast episode, then don't forget we have an Instagram at The Rampant Rundown, which you can follow to keep up to date with all the new episodes and some additional resources that I'm going to be sharing. If as well you want to get in contact with us via email, then of course you can do that too. Our email address is therampantrundown at outlook.com. Send us a wee email, let me know what you think, give us some feedback, and either myself or Tom will pick it up and we can have a wee chat with you. I'd love to hear it. Of course, I've been your host on the podcast this week. My name is Lady Rampant. You can follow me on social media at Lady Rampant on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, just go and have a look for the red hair and, uh, and the Scotland flags and you will find me. But like I said, thank you very much for tuning in this week and we hope to see you next week as well. It's bye for now. Bye.